All right, hello and welcome, Fred Weaver, Kevin Kaufman, and we are here live today talking about industry headlines. We are. How's it? How's it going, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. What is going on in the world of real estate, finance, tech, you name it? Well, I think there's some interesting things going on behind the scenes, but to be honest with you, there was no like eye-capturing, yeah. like headline real estate stuff, clickbait, if you will. But I think there's some cool stuff happening behind the scenes, a lot of it having to do with the finance and mortgage markets, really. So yeah, I think we'll, we're going to spend some time talking about that. Couldn't help but notice quite a few things going on in the, on the finance side of things. And with the, uh, with the relatively quiet week, it makes me wonder if there's like this mountain of stuff coming pretty soon but i don't know we'll see so let's first let's talk about it because yeah. i thought the biggest news or the biggest surprise to anything was uh appraisals may not be required on on a pretty good percentage of homes under like the four hundred thousand dollar mark soon and that is really surprising yeah it's it's interesting right i think as data becomes bigger and bigger and we we talk about data and how it shows up in real estate right, right. what you're starting to see is that the need for maybe an appraiser to go out to certain properties in certain situations may not be as vital as it once was. And so there's some talk right now that apparently a couple of the government agencies have already approved a rule change and they're just waiting on the sign off from the Fed that yeah. would allow certain home sales of $400,000 or less to not require an appraisal. Yeah, so really, to be really clear, this is this will not impact like FHA, uh, HUD, Department of, you know, VA, if you will, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. But again, that's only a certain percentage of the loans that get done. Well, There's yeah, I mean, so many other private banks out there. This is going to be, this could impact as many as four. I, I read 40% of all home sales because $400,000, like that's, I was thinking that's actually kind of a big number to start with, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And so you, you first hear you go, oh, that's just a headline grabber, right? Because if it doesn't apply to FHA or VA or Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, then it's not newsworthy. But there's still 40% of the loans that are being done out there this would apply to. And then what do we know historically? Some of these companies, right, they tend to follow the yeah. trend of what others before them do. They're just not going to be the ones that lead the way. Yeah. No, no government agency can kind of go out there and be the be the front front company, if you will, in this, in something, a big change like, like this. However, the reality is, yeah, if, if this rule takes place, right. And we start seeing these loans happen without, uh, without the, the appraisals. And now the cost goes down for these companies. What are, what are these other, uh, agencies going to do? Well, they're going to hop on board. They're going to have to, they're going to have to shift. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to make a, a big statement and you can tell me that it's, it's either dumb, you, you totally agree with it, or, or maybe I'm making a stretch. I don't care, right? Okay. You, you, you're good at criticizing me here. But I think what we're seeing right here, though, is almost more proof that the iBuyer model out there, the data model, right? This, this idea that technology yep. is now allowing us to do business differently is creeping its way into the mortgage industry. So we have real estate agents out there um, that are criticizing right now the iBuyer model saying, you know, what do those guys know? How do They've never stepped foot in this house before. How can they sell it? Yet behind the scenes, the mortgage industry is starting to shift and say, we really don't even have to come out to your house anymore to determine its value. That to me is rather surprising. So I don't know if you if you think I'm stretching it there or if you think there's some alignment in that in that opinion, but I just want to share that. No, in fact, I think that's the biggest news piece of this news, if you will, is, okay. is that because that is essentially the mortgage community saying 
hey, there is validity here in the changing of the times, the data that is shared as it pertains to the value of homes. And to me, that is that is really big. You know, for years and years, everyone made fun of the Zestimate, right? Yep. Everybody, and, and rightfully so. Like, it wasn't, it was never designed to be accurate. It was designed to be a, an attention grabber, right? Uh, and a conversation starter, which it certainly was. But it really what it, that's done is it's brought validity to that type of estimate or desktop appraisal, as you probably yeah, uh, re- DU. Re- remember at DU. Uh, so, yeah, that to me, that is the biggest story behind the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other thing I'll mention here is that I'm sure there's some people out there that are watching that are going, well, this will never happen in my market. <laughs> eh, you, you might be Maybe. right. You may not be the first, right? I mean, I would imagine that it says, you know, the way that, that some of this the announcement was made is, is that, uh, certain homes for sale under 400,000. Sure. So it didn't say everything, but I think you're going to be able to go into markets like Phoenix, Arizona. Let's, let's talk about the iBuyer markets, right? Phoenix, yeah. Dallas, Orlando, Las Vegas, those type of markets sure, where you have yeah. newer built homes, right? In a lot, a lot of cases, of a lot of track homes and communities where it's easy to value properties. And that's going to be where you see these changes starting initially. Absolutely. Now, to me, that doesn't mean that the data won't catch up with itself into other markets over time, but that's going to be probably where you see some of these certain rules apply. Absolutely. We'll I mean, listen, at the end of the day, this is just a, this is another sort of like, oh, that's interesting. Let's see how this continues to play out because this does this. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that can fall behind this. And on similar related note, like what's going on with mortgage rates? We, everyone came into 2019 thinking, okay, this is the year they're going up. I remember mm-hmm. everyone was sort of bracing for it at the end of 2018. I feel like we were bracing for it at the end of 16 and 17. Oh, we probably like, were. Right? Call me crazy, but I'm trying to remember back to a couple of years ago when you and I worked in a different place. And I remember having the conversation then yeah. about interest rates only have one place to go. It's probably up. Well, boy, were we wrong. So don't listen to everything we have to say, right? But I mean, so is nearly everybody else in the market. Everybody else has been predicting, you know, you look at the historical trends and sooner or later, like the market's got to go down a little bit. That's probably going to happen because interest rates are going to rise. The cost of money is going to cost more for people to buy homes. But here we are and we just hit another three year low in the last seven days. Yeah. Three-year low. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage fell to another three-year low. And I know three-year low doesn't sound very sensational or clickbaity, but like, let's think about the fact that three years ago, we were already going, I can't believe how low the rates are. Yeah. So when you think about it in that context, like, yeah, this is a big deal. Now, the one thing I will say is Freddie Mac, because I, I watched Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, as you pointed out a, a week or two ago, I watched them quite... And by watching uh, your entire money. life savings is, is in, in the in those stocks? Just that money I borrowed from you. Oh, okay. So, right. No, but the reality, like Freddie Mac actually said, it came out earlier this year and said, yeah, we believe rates will continue to go down this year. Yep. Um, they made that, that statement somewhere towards the end of the first quarter. And so far, that's coming true. I mean, goodness gracious, here we go. Like, what's the average? Like 3.55 or something something crazy Some, little like that. Something ridiculous, right? On the 30-year right? fix. So at any rate, rates are down, continuing to go down. The market still seems really healthy. Like there's a lot of activity out there. I don't know what the heck's going on. Well, I thought this is an interesting quote from one of the Freddie Mac chief economists, right? And I'll just, I'm just going to give you a couple bits that were in it. He said, home purchase demand is up 5% from a year ago. Okay. Right. While refinances surged to their highest share in three and a half years. So that was pretty interesting, right? Home purchase demand up. But then refinances have surged to their highest rate that they've been in three and a half years. He went on to say that the average homeowner who's refinancing right now in the second quarter anywhere saved an average of $1,700 a year, which is equivalent to about $140 a month. Right? So, that's I a, mean, by the way, that's a big deal for like the average American household. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't have this data in front of me right now, but we know the average real estate agent, according to NAR, makes what thirty-eight to forty-two thousand dollars a year over the last three, four years of that study. Yeah. Right. So, like, let's let's say that the average household somewhere in the fifty to sixty thousand dollar range, probably a, a two-income household. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit higher, but I mean, that's a significant amount of money when you're saving seventeen hundred dollars a year. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so listen, let's let's talk about our last piece because. Man, if this isn't a sign of the times, I don't know what the hell is. Um, I, I remember. Let, hold on a second. I'm just okay. gonna like digress for a second. Okay. I remember there was a time where Twitter was for like finding your cool friends in tech to like go to the same party. I I remember um, Ben Kenny and Bob Stewart, Active Bob, uh, good both good friends of ours, like yep. telling a story about how when they first met, Bob was at Active Rain and Ben Ben hadn't yet uh, just met those guys and. They went to a party together because of Twitter. Like they tweeted about, "Hey, the after party for this event uh, that Active Rain is hosting is over here." Like when I think of Twitter, that's what I think of. Yet here we go. We've got as of last week on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, the social media platform. President Trump took his argument to Twitter to ask the Fed to cut their rates by another 100 basis points. It's so funny, your association with Twitter. My association with Twitter is like the first time you were on Twitter, your profile picture had hair on it. Like that's what I think of when I think of Twitter. Um, so it's really interesting that you would point out Bob and, and Ben. But anyway, on a more serious note, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, President Trump, you can go read the tweets yourself. Um, I, I personally have to read them in the news. I, I personally can't read all of them. Uh, I, have, I have too many things going on in my day to get wrapped up in that. But President Trump took to Twitter last week and specifically asked the Fed to cut rates by another 100 basis points. That's a lot, just so we're really clear. I mean, most of the rate changes or you know, either the, the, the rate drops or the rate hikes we've seen have been like in quarter increments. Yeah. And here he is calling for 100 basis points. It's, um, and, he, and he did it on Twitter. He did it on Twitter, yeah. Here, here's the best part. So like, he, he criticized Democrats. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm this, I'm, this is not a political statement. Please don't take this as pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Republican, or, or pro-Democrat, because I'm, I'm none of those things. But he criticized Democrats of trying to create a, quote, bad economy uh, leading up to the 2020 election. Well, and that brings up a point. I've heard you on a couple different occasions, sort of, when people have asked, what do you think the market's going to do? Like, look, we're... we're my crystal ball works as well as any other economist, right? They're right, sometimes they're wrong, and we're not even economists, just so we're incredibly clear on this, right? But I think a valid point that you've made before is that you know there's a lot of pressure around making sure the economy is not in the tank leading up to the 2020 election. Right. So the, the controlling power in government right now does not want to see the economy go in the tank. Now, maybe the non-controlling party wants to see it worsen, but I don't think anybody in their right mind in government wants to see a terrible economy going into the 2020 election. That's not good for our country. So I'm not here to try to predict what's going to happen and all that, but I think there's enough at play when you're talking about a very important election coming up and maybe the most heated election ever, at least the most talked about uh, in the social media era election ever coming. So it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with mortgage rates, uh, real estate economy, et cetera, as we go into this 2020 election cycle. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. And um, I, I just want to point out, like, that was that was President Trump trying to, like, make sure the economy is good. Leading into yeah, he wants it to be good, right. just so we're clear. He's accusing the other side of trying to create a bad economy by that, not reducing the uh, the basis points of the, the Fed. I just hate that there's, rates. that there's only two sides. I don't know. 
I, I think that's it for this week, right? I, I think uh, I think we're very hopeful that there's going to be some exciting new headlines coming up next week. Something tells me there um, is. But in the meantime, uh, lots of stuff going on in the mortgage world uh, that directly impacts our economy and directly impacts real estate sales. So stay tuned. We'll be back next week for industry headlines. We'll see you then. Have a great week. Take care. to personally invite you to NLA Live 2020. That's going to be next April 23rd through 25th, 2020 in Scottsdale, Arizona. That's right, we moved the event to Scottsdale, Arizona. We've got a great resort picked out for this event. You will not want to miss it. Head on over to nextlevelagents.com. That's nextlevelagents.com and click on the events tab for all of the info. We'll see you there next April. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at, leave us a review, share this episode with your friends, and for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.